0: Welcome to the Valleybrook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our most recent, Vision Sunday. This message gives insight on how to grow in our faith and make God our foundation in the new year. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, contact us, and send us an email. Well, I'll say it again, as we've said a couple times, Happy New Year, good mornings. good to see you all. Uh, Today, on this uh, New Year's Eve, uh, I've been thinking about what probably uh, our culture's thinking about. I'm sure uh, people have talked about New Year's resolutions and those kinds of things. Uh, And, uh, uh, you know, I'm curious, as we get ready to close one year, 2017, and and open up a new year, 2018, Anybody thinking about any New Year's resolutions? Yeah, there's, there's a few. All right, well, you know, there's always, you know, uh, I want to lose weight. I want to not procrastinate. I want to eat healthier. I want to stop this bad habit. I want to start that good habit. Uh, you, you know, as we are here today, um, I recognize that... Uh, the most important thing that we can do is is go deeper in our relationship with God. But but thinking about this New Year's resolution, I actually ran across a story about Samuel Johnson. Uh, if you know Samuel Johnson, he's a huge literary figure in uh, English uh, literature. Uh, he produced uh, one of the uh, Dictionaries that was used for over 100 years before the Oxford Annotated Dictionary was published. So Samuel Johnson is, is, is famous for that, and he was a follower of Jesus. And a researcher began doing research on him, and, and he discovered sort of a theme in Samuel Johnson's diaries regarding the ending of one year. And the beginning of a new year. So let me just share with you some of the things that uh, were discovered. In 1738, he wrote, O Lord, enable me to redeem the time which I have spent in sloth. Nineteen years later, he wrote, O mighty God, enable me to shake off sloth and redeem the time misspent in idleness and sin by diligent application of the days yet remaining. The researcher said he wrote some variation of that prayer every year after that. And then finally in 1775, 38 years after the first resolution, this is what he wrote. When I look back upon resolution of improvement and amendments which have year after year been made and broken, why do I yet try? and resolve again I try because reformation is necessary and despair is criminal I I think Johnson's experience is not uncommon to all of us You know, we want to resolve to do better. Whether it's at the end of one year, the beginning of a new year, or whether you've made a a huge mistake in a relationship and it's affected the other person, and and there's there's a disruption, and and you resolve to do better, Or, or whether it's a habit or a temptation or an addiction that you continually wrestle with, we all want to resolve to do better. But but you know, here's the one thing that. Uh, we need to to understand, and it's this, when it comes to God and God's grace for us revealed in Jesus Christ, you, you know, we don't have to beat ourselves up because of mistakes made, because of resolutions broken, because God will forgive our sincere confession and help us start again to follow Him. God has so much love and so much grace for us and and here's one of the things that I recognize in scripture Jesus said this this is so important for us to to grasp he said I have come that they may have life and have it to the full they meaning his disciples his followers so if you're a follower of Jesus Jesus has come that you may have life and have it to the full. Now, now, some people want to define what that full life is with stuff. They'll say it's cars and houses and money and clothes and vacations and this thing and that toy and those kinds of things. But, but uh, y- you know, Jesus wasn't materialistic and his kingdom was not of this world. So we know just from the fact of who Jesus was that a full life didn't mean more things. A full life meant connection with god the father on the deepest level that we can possibly have the life that is full is full with faith in god the father the son and the holy spirit the godhead jesus challenged his followers you think about this though you know, this was, was written some 2,000 years ago. As Jesus said it, uh, he was talking to his followers, and he said, you don't need to worry about anything. He said, you don't need to worry about what you'll wear, what you'll eat. You don't need to wor- worry about what tomorrow will bring. He said, but seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What I want us all to see as we look at the beginning of a new year, that, you know, New Year's resolutions are great, and if you're making a New Year's resolution, I would encourage you, go after it, and, and lean on God as you go after it. But, but what I also want to say is, as we look at any time in our life when we want to resolve to do something, the most important thing that we can resolve to do is to put God first in our lives. And it's something that, it's not original with me. It, it's something that, that didn't originate with some other preacher or author. It, it comes from God's word. In the Old Testament, some of you are familiar with this proverb, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge me and I will make your path straight. Put God first in all your ways. Jesus said it, and I just read it a minute ago. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek it first, put God first. The Apostle Paul, writing in the letter to 1 Corinthians, uh, he, he said this, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. All of these scriptures from the Old Testament through the New Testament, is talking about putting God first in our lives, so, in that kind of, of thought process with, with New Year's resolutions and, and trying to, to go deeper with God, let's talk about what are some of the most important things of putting God first in your life. Here's the first thing that I want to say. It's communicate. Communicate. Now, communication is a two-way street. It involves listening and it involves speaking. And, and Scripture's very clear about that, uh, about how we're supposed to be slow to, slow to speak and quick to listen. Um, God speaks to us though uh, Very clearly He speaks to us when we read Scripture, when we read God's word, when we read The Bible, God speaks to us through His word, but God also speaks To us through the Holy Spirit And so we have to ask Ourselves, are we listening Well I, I can tell you this, if you're, if you're Not uh, regularly Reading God's word It's really hard to listen To God's voice um, You know you can't hear God if you're not giving time to spend with what he has given us to hear the voice of God Uh, so you have to ask yourself am I am I reading his word and when we read his word God's Holy Spirit speaks to us so you you know here's something that that we have to think about it's this one of the reasons that we need to read God's word is because uh, we need to know the heart of God we need to know the the very thoughts of God Uh, I I read this recently that the average person the average person has uh, 50,000 thoughts a day a day now if you're doing the math real quickly that's about uh, 2,000 thoughts over 2,000 thoughts every hour about 20 uh, 35 thoughts per minute now that's that's a little mind-boggling um so with that many thoughts going through your head how do you determine the thoughts that are coming in are from God the Holy Spirit or from you I mean how do you figure that out well you know some of it's pretty obvious you know when you're hungry or when you want something to drink you know some of those basic needs that's really simple you really recognize that that's from you that's a thought that you can act on very quickly but but there are other thoughts that that you know aren't as clear uh, you know we could go through a whole list of one but I, I i'm gonna i'm gonna cherry pick one just because it's very clear in scripture you, you know if let, let's think about it this way if you're in a marriage relationship and, you, and you're struggling in your marriage and and you're getting frustrated with it and you're, you're thinking about just calling it quits you, you know you're thinking I, you know i'm tired of working on this i'm just gonna quit I'm, I'm gonna get a divorce and you say wow is that from me or is that from god well, in Scripture, in, the, in the, the book of Malachi, God tells us about his thoughts about divorce. He says, I, I hate divorce. So stay with me here. That thought would not be something that scripture supports. And whatever the Holy Spirit is going to give you is, is something that's gonna be supported in scripture. But here's the truth of the matter. You know, stay on that thought just a minute about divorce. You know, God speaks very clearly, he hates divorce. There are places in scripture where he talks about how he allows divorce. Now don't get distracted by that topic, but for me that was just an easy example to, to, to give you how what we're going to hear from the Holy Spirit is gonna line up with God's word. The Holy Spirit is never going to contradict God's word. So when we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us and we've been spending time in God's word, we're gonna begin to understand what is the voice of the Holy Spirit and what's our own thoughts. And, and that's, that's important. The Holy Spirit can speak to us very directly without scripture, but we also need to know that it's gonna line up with scripture. So it's important for us to know that, that as we desire to put God first, we need to listen to God. And we listen to God primarily through reading scripture and also through the Holy Spirit. Now, as I said earlier, you know, communication is a, is a two-way street. That means we have to talk to God. Uh, look at these verses from uh, the book of 1 uh, Thessalonians rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus rejoicing praying giving thanks that's how we communicate to God we rejoice we pray we give thanks and did you notice Did you notice how it concludes? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's God's will that you communicate with God. So if you're ever struggling to understand what God's will is for you, one significant part of it is that you communicate with God, that you rejoice and tell him what makes you happy, what what you're rejoicing about or what what you see in his kingdom, that you pray, you speak to him, and you give him thanks. That's an essential part of God's will for you. Now, the, the simplest definition of prayer is talking with God. We have to talk to have a relationship with another human being. We have to talk. Uh, to have a commun- to have a relationship with God, and and you know, uh, you can pray out loud or you can pray in your head. Uh, doesn't matter. You're communicating with God. But but let me just share with you what Paul Meyer writes, uh, Paul Miller writes in the book of Praying Life. He says many people struggle to hear how to, to learn how to pray because they're focusing on praying, not focusing on God. Making prayer the center is like conversation. Uh, making conversation the center of family mealtime. In prayer, focusing on the conversation is like trying to drive while looking at the windshield instead of through the windshield. It freezes us. It makes us unsure of where to go. Conversation is only the means through which we experience one another. Consequently, prayer is not the focus. The focus is knowing God. Prayer is about that relationship with God. Putting God first in your life means having a relationship with God and and having a relationship with God means that you communicate with Him. You you may have noticed in the seat back in front of you, there's a little card. It looks like this, 40 days of prayer. This year is coming up. We're, We're starting to focus on prayer so that we can be people in prayer in fact for several weeks we're going to be meeting in the mornings for prayer and I invite all of you to attend in fact Monday through Friday we're going to meet at 6am I know that's pretty early and we're going to meet in the venue and we're going to pray Uh, you can come and stay as long we'll be here for for an hour on Saturday mornings we're going to pray at eight o'clock so a little kinder gentler time and then obviously on Sunday we'll have our services. But but I want to encourage you to, to be a part of this movement of prayer. And, and as we pray, one of the things I'm going to be praying for every single one of you is that we can all put God first in our lives. Knowing Him and going deeper with Him. Uh, at the same time we're going to be doing this, we're also going to be... Um, starting a study in many of our life groups. It's called 40 Days of Prayer, and I want to encourage you, uh, A, to join a life group, and, and B, uh, to take part in this 40 Days of Prayer. Uh, you can pick up a, a book for that life group uh, out in the cafe after the service, and those life groups will begin uh, following next Sunday. So, so I believe all of us need to Lean into communicating more and learning more about it so we can be better communicators. But the focus is being with God and praying. If you're going to put God first in your life, you've got to communicate with him. Here's the second thing you got to do. If you're going to put God first in your life, you've got to trust God. And the Bible makes it very clear: God has entrusted us with so much our lives if you've believed in Jesus he's entrusted you with your salvation he's he's given you passions for life that that feed your soul he's given you talents and ability he's given you relationships maybe he's blessed you with family Maybe he's blessed you with children or with grandchildren. He's blessed you. He's given you so much. He's entrusted you with those things. He's, he's given you things that you can use, talents, skills, abilities, to build the kingdom of God. He's entrusted them to us. Basically, for our lifetime on earth, we're given the, the, uh, the sheer privilege and responsibility to manage what he's given us to take care of it we can't take most of that stuff we can't take with us we can take those relationships with us when we die Um, but everything else we can't take with us we're we're just managing it while we're here on earth The, the bible says this about what he's given to us there are different kinds of spiritual gifts but they all come from the same spirit there are different ways to serve the same lord and we can do each do different things yet the same god works in all of us and helps us in everything we do together you are the body of christ each one of you is a part of the body God gives each one of us spiritual gifts to serve Him and to serve one another in the body and to serve the world. God helps us serve Him and do our part as a fellow believer in the church called the body of Christ. But we have to trust him with what he's given us. We have to trust him with with the time that we've been given on this earth. We have to trust him with the talents, the skills, the abilities that he's wired you to have. Uh, We have to trust him with the treasure, the the wealth, the income that he has given you the ability to earn and make. And we have to trust him with uh, the touch that he's given you to be able to be his hands and his heart to minister to the world. You you know, that's so important that we understand that all of these things have been given to us freely to use for him and to trust. So we have to be willing to, to say to God with regards to our talents and our passions, God, I'm trusting you to use them in me to put you first in my life and in the world you know if you go back and read more in 1st Corinthians chapter 12 and then you uh, 13 and 14 what you'll see is this this incredible development of this idea of the body of Christ that that everyone who is a believer in Jesus Christ is part of the body and we're interrelated we're connected we we can't be lone rangers because what we do affects the mission of the greater church what we do has reciprocal relationships with one another, and that our talents and abilities have an important thing for us to do with those while other peoples have the same. Uh, You know, I always use this illustration. Uh, Gang, you wouldn't want me to sing into a microphone. I I don't have that gift, that talent. Um, uh, You know, it's just, it's not pleasant. And uh, ask my wife, you know, on car trips, sometimes I'll break into song. And, uh, you know, she'll turn on the radio so that uh, she doesn't have to listen to me. Uh, but, but, you know, it, it's that idea that we've been given those talents and we, we're supposed to use them. But here's the deal. We need to say, God, I trust you to guide me how to use these talents to build up the body of Christ and to put you first. But we also have to be willing to say, God, I trust you with the time that you've given. You know, none of us lives forever none of us does. Uh, you know, we've all been given a certain amount of time on earth and God only knows what our time is individually. But are you willing to say, God, I trust you to help me use the time that I've been given to put you first in my life, to build your kingdom, to, to pour into the relationships in my life. I, I, I'm going to trust you with them. And and then we have to be willing to say, God, uh, I trust you with the treasure that you placed in my life. I've already sort of defined what treasure is. It's that wealth, that income that we've all been given. And we've all been given different amounts. And it's, it's not about the amount. It's about are we willing to trust him. You, you know, it's interesting. If you've been coming to Valleybrook for a while, you know we don't talk a lot about giving. Because we teach you how to give. And we encourage you to give according to what scripture says. Uh, and we trust you with that. You're a very generous church. But I also believe that we always can be willing to let God take us up. Because Scripture tells us, it gives us this idea. It started in the Old Testament, it goes into the New Testament. Jesus affirmed this idea of the tithe. Of the tithe m- meant tenth. You see in the Old Testament, the farmers, uh, the shepherds, the ranchers were supposed to give the first tenth to God as an offering. And we teach that. We encourage that. That's that's our biblical responsibility. And truly, it's not about the wealth. It's about trusting God. God, you gave me this, and you asked me to give you a tenth back. Will I trust you to help me live on the nine-tenths that are left? It's about trusting God, putting him first in that area. And then there's this whole idea of trusting God with our ministry, the ministry to be able to care for people. I call it touch, the idea that we're God's hands and we're God's hearts. You know, we were singing that song, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, and I was moved to tears because God touches my heart through that, but then I realized that 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 message is coming um, to us from our worship team today from Dan, and you know he's ministering with his heart and with his hands, with that ability to do that. Will we trust God to minister to other people? You know, you, let, let me say this. This is important. You know, as, as I've reflected on uh, another year for Valley Brook, you know, uh, I, I've thought about the fact that that to my knowledge, you know, 21 people this year committed their life to jesus christ and that wasn't because of me that was because of the body of christ y- you know you played a role in that through your your touch with other people maybe it's somebody you brought and 17 people were baptized as a, as a public profession of their commitment to christ and and again that's not because of me that's because of the ministry of valley brook and you are the ministry Team of Valley Brook, and, and let me say this: and you know, if if you're not a believer, this may not make sense to you. But you'll get a little inside uh, look at the body of Christ. Um, you know, we have this relationship that we're supposed to maintain as followers of Christ to be able to minister to people, to reach out to people, and care for them. And so, whenever the church gathers, it's really un- incumbent upon the body of Christ brothers and sisters in christ to reach out to people to get to know them to care for them um, to check up on somebody when they're not well or when they're missing you know it's this idea that we're part of something bigger than ourselves you know that we're not um, lone rangers but that we're connected to something bigger and greater and that we have that relationship that we're supposed to maintain with one another and and that takes me into this next point If, if we're gonna put God first in our lives always not just in 2018 we have to connect and connect is is something that I was just dwelling on it's not just connect with God we've already established that in the communicate piece but what I'm talking about it is connecting with one another in the body of Christ because we have a relationship with each other that we're supposed to maintain. Listen to these words from the book of Hebrews. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. You know, whenever... Christ followers gather, whether it's on a Sunday morning, on, on a Friday night, night of worship, or at a life group setting, or even on a ministry team, whatever it is, it's our job to encourage one another. To to spur one another onto love, love of God, love of others, and to good deeds. Not not good deeds for good deeds' sake, but for doing what God's will is in our lives to, to encourage the body of Christ to reach people who don't know Jesus to, to do whatever it takes for God to advance his kingdom we have that relationship that we're called to by God to one another and it takes us connecting with one another, encouraging one another and pressing forward with one another Now that goes against, and we've talked about this a lot in 2017. This mindset, the cultural mindset that we live in, basically asks this question: What's in it for me? What's in it for me? You know, look, as followers of Christ, we're not immune to having that thought and and thinking that. In fact, sometimes we bring that thought into, um, you know, I don't know if I want to go to church because I don't really see what it's in. What's in it for me? But the reality is, that's so much the opposite point of view that God has. I've done this for you. You know, when we gather on Sunday morning, it's not what's in it for me. It's how can I honor God and how can I build up the body? We're here to offer our worship to God and we're here to build up one another. St. Francis of Assisi, you you may remember his poem. I'm just gonna quote one line in his poem. He said, it is in giving that we receive. When the body of Christ gathers, whether it's two people to pray or whether it's in a life group, uh, you know, 12 people in a small group setting or on a Sunday morning with several hundred people, it's this idea that when we come to give ourselves to God and to one another, we actually receive. It's that paradox. We don't give to receive, but we discover that in giving, we receive, we're blessed. So as we come to the precipice of a new year, you know, it's my prayer that you will put God first, that you'll pursue communicating with him, that you will pursue uh, connecting with others. And that you'll pursue trusting in God. That you'll say, God, I, I want to do this more. So, you know, we've, we've talked several times about, you know, the celebrations of tonight. It's my hope that wherever you are tonight, that you will spend some time, you know, saying, God, I want to honor you as we roll into a new year. I, I want to put you first. I want to communicate and trust and, and connect and, and go deeper with you. So... I want to pray for you as we uh, close this message out and, and then we're going to move into a song. I, I just want to give you a little lead into this song. I think we're going to move into a song, Lord, I Need You. It's just a, a recognition that we need God. We need Him in 2017. We need Him in 2018. We, we want to go deeper with Him. So if you would, bow your heads. Father, we love you so much. And we want to put you first in our lives. And we want to go deeper with you each and every day. And Lord, we recognize that as followers of Jesus, we need you. We need you today and we need you you tomorrow. And we need you the next day. We want to put you first in our lives because we want to go deeper with you. We want to have a a relationship with you that is life-giving and that gives us that full life that Jesus promised us. And so, Lord, we want to communicate and trust and connect as we put you first. Lord, I pray for every person in here that that you would speak to them in their hearts, that you would uh, draw them close to you, and and that they would feel the pull of your spirit to go deeper and to follow you into this new year. We pray this in Jesus' name.